Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic D Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their coronatools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. Over the last few years, rosary gardens have become quite popular. Although the rosary is associated with the Catholic faith, rosary gardens are not an exclusive concept. There are many Christian denominations which venerate the Blessed Mother, as well as Hindus in India, other non-Christians, and Muslims. The Rosary Garden's elements offer peace, meditation, prayer, and reflection, which will serve your home, church, or the surrounding community. On today's show, award-winning consulting rosarian Susan Fox from Gaga's Garden is going to join me as we talk about how to build a Rosary Garden. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Susan Fox. Hello, Susan, and welcome back to the show. Hi, June. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about talking today about a rosary garden. As you mentioned, a rosary garden is well known for a place to come together for parishioners, for a time for devotion, and just to invoke a state of peace and meditation. This is such an amazing topic because I've had so many people reach out to me and ask me, how do you build one or do you have any ideas? And I thought to myself, you know something, Susan probably has a whole bunch of suggestions, especially since there's one thing that I do know is you know your roses. So I thought that this would be a great time during the cold weather where we could talk about planning a rosary garden and the different elements that are required in order to build one. So I'd like to begin by talking about what the actual rosary is because I think that it's important to explain to our listeners who are not Catholic so that they can understand the different elements and also understand the layout that is needed. In the Catholic faith, as a prayer, the rosary is a scripture-based prayer. It begins with the Apostles' Creed, which summarizes the great mysteries of the Catholic faith. The Our Father, which introduces each mystery, is from the Gospels. The first part of the Hail Mary is the angel's words announcing Christ's birth and Elizabeth's greeting to Mary. St. Pius V officially added the second part of the Hail Mary. The mysteries of the rosary center on the events of Christ's life. Then there are four sets of mysteries. 
the joyful mystery, the sorrowful mystery, the glorious mystery, and the luminous mystery, which was added by Pope John Paul II in 2002. So that's basically what the rosary consists of. Now, Susan, let's talk about the basic design. I think the most important thing to consider is the location. Absolutely, June. And, you know, right now, I think in setting up your rosary garden, many people right now are really concerned about space. So the very most important thing is your layout. So when you start with your rosary garden, you want, if you're going to plant roses, think about sun. You need, with your rose. If, if you're putting in roses, you need six to eight hours sun. And some roses now are, well, you can get by with four hours if you've got well, a little less sun. But also, there's many, many annuals that are going to require quite a bit of sunshine too. So when you're planting your rosary gardens, and fortunately with uh, the rosary garden, you don't need a lot of space because Get your little tablet out and um, start drawing out your layout because the first thing that you need is you want to pick the, your center of attention. And your center of attention, of course, is the statue of Mary. Or you, and this can include, um, in my research, it can include the Madonna and Child or Our Lady of Lourdes, Lady of Guadalupe, but you want your center, of course, is the Blessed Mother. So that's going to be the center of your garden. Susan, I agree. The statue of the Blessed Mother must be what the garden is focused on. The statue must be large. And keep in mind, it's not just the center of the garden. It's the heart the of heart. the garden. <laughs> we said it at the same time. Yeah. And <laughs> one of the things that you have to consider, folks, is the cost of the statue. Some statues will cost thousands of dollars, but reasonably priced, you can buy a statue at possibly a local nursery or even a place where they sell headstones, where they sell mm -hmm. different types of hardscape uh, for cemeteries. You can buy one for under $500. I've seen statues of the Blessed Mother that have gone for $200 that are actually not bad. But you want to keep in mind that the statue is something that should be suitable for being outdoors. Because if you purchase a statue that's meant for the indoors, it's, the paint is going to peel off, it's going to chip, the paint is going to fade, you're going to have all sorts of issues, and it won't be a good investment. So you really want to take a look at the type of statue that you are going to purchase. Susan, right. do you have any recommendations for places where people can purchase a statue? Well, you know, June, just for just one minute, I want to tell you a quick story. I was at a garden center in uh, Plano, and I saw uh, the most beautiful statue. And do you know why I was drawn to her? It was so um, um, amazing is that the I saw this little statue and her fingers were broken and um, I just couldn't imagine this beautiful creature you know and and I asked the garden center um, I, I wanted to buy her and it was a blessed mother and they actually marked the statue down and it was just because of this precious 
uh, look, and that's how I acquired my statue, and it was all because of this little flaw, and I still have her, and people will say, you know, Susan, are you Catholic? And I'm not Catholic. I just, I love this uh, statue, and I just wanted to tell you and your listeners that, but I have seen them most often in garden centers, but I'm sure we we live out in the country, and there is a place that sells uh, all sorts of concrete, uh, you know, like, I know you've seen them like lions and ducks and geese. I think probably go online and search. Maybe we can try to research some places that have, but I, I don't know other than garden centers where, where you've seen them. And, you know, do you, June? Do you have places that we can try to put something up on the website when I find a uh, better location for them? Believe it or not, I actually met an animal rights activist who supports the protection of cetaceans, and that includes dolphins, whales, so on and so forth, all marine life. And she said to me that the Blessed Mother is actually the patron saint of the ocean, I do believe. And I thought that was quite interesting because this woman was not Catholic, and she just loves the Blessed Mother. And she had her own little garden that was devoted to animals. And mm-hmm. she had all sorts of different hardscape and there, uh, beautiful benches and whatnot. And I just thought, thought it was just such a peaceful, tranquil place to spend some quiet time alone. So right. with uh, with regard to purchasing statues, you could visit a shrine. You could visit all sorts of places. You could travel to Europe. You, I mean, I hear all sorts of stories. But personally, you could check out Craigslist to the local nurseries, but realistically, I would put take some time and check out the local nurseries because the local nurseries, they're going to have an abundance of supplies, number one. Number two, they know their stuff, and they're going to tell you if it's suitable for outdoors right. or indoors. And one of the things that I will say is a common type of statue is one without color, which I thought was quite interesting. And from what mm-hmm. I understand the reason that they want just a, a gray stone color is because they feel it's more natural. However, I prefer to have my painted statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But that's, you know, it's a matter of preference. Mine is all just uh, dark gray. You know, I'll send the picture of it, and she's just beautiful. So, you know what I mean? She doesn't have color, but uh, I have seen painted ones that I think are beautiful. But And again, I don't think, as you mentioned, uh, you have to be... Uh, Catholic to uh, cherish the meaning behind the book. No, certainly not. Another important piece is the crucifix that should be placed near the entrance to the garden. It doesn't need to be super big. It shouldn't distract from the statue of the Blessed Mother, but it should be large enough to indicate that this is the entrance to the garden. And I've seen a number of different designs where it was something where the garden was either the type that you could walk through or walk around. So keep in mind what type of design that you want, and that really goes back to the type of space that you have. Mind you, this could be in your home environment, this could be in a church environment, or this could be in a community location. So after you figure out how large of a crucifix you're going to have, you need to figure out if you're going to buy one or build one. Now, when you buy 
or if you make the actual cross, you should take into consideration the size so that it complements some of the other attributes in the garden. Now, Susan, you were talking about stepping stones and boulders. What suggestions do you have as far as incorporating these types of elements into the garden? Well, the stones need to be very stable because you've got people that are going to be, when you design your layout, so you've got in your rosary garden, as you have the center of attention with your statue, and then you've got five large square stepping stones. And I would suggest that you do use flagstone because you can dig out, um, you don't have to dig very deep, so it's just for simplicity, and you can float that on sand or uh, crushed granite. And then, of course, it's suggested that you have maybe 50 round ones that the stones are out, the smaller ones are on the outside of those. And then if you decide that you want to have maybe a bench on the outside of the stepping stone as as the stones are walked, you know, the rosary prayer is said in remembrance. So either you, family, or visitors are said, or if you are putting this garden in for yourself, or if you decide some people are are putting in these gardens in uh, nursing homes or for communities, because, you know, these are faith gardens or memory gardens where people can go for meditation and just to come together as a spiritual retreat for uh, parishioners of church churches, but also with a sense of community because of the serenity. Um, and these are small space gardens, and that's the whole tone right now where, where people can come together. In regards to some of the ideas for stones or boulders, I've seen a number of gardens that have incorporated flat stones or bricks that had inscriptions on them, whether it was the Our Father or a memory stone, what have you, alongside something that was indicative of the Our Father stone. Another option that I've seen is a specific perennial bush that was planted that was also uniform with the other the other five Our Fathers, so you have uniformity within the garden. At my parish, which is Curie of Ours in Merrick, New York, we have a beautiful Divine Mercy garden that is quite large and quite elaborate. Instead of having put bushes or the stones, They've incorporated benches as well as for each of the decades different statues that um, were donated by different parishioners, and it's it's quite beautiful. And I will include some pictures in the companion article, which will be available on theorganicview.com. With regard to the stones and the boulders, once again, folks, it's an option. You can use whatever materials you have available, but just make sure that it's uniform. Another thing that you want to keep in mind is your walkway. If you want to use gravel, if you want to use sand or combination, mulch, or if you just want to leave it bare earth, it's it's really up to you. Susan, what suggestions do you have for the walkway? What would you recommend as people are walking either through the rosary garden or walking around it? 
what elements would you suggest? I have used in between the stones, I've used pea gravel. Sometimes I've brought in, um, based on color, if you have your your flagstone and it's maybe a soft tan, I love that the uh, rock, like the river rock, you've seen it where it's kind of a oh, rock color. Oh, yeah, that's color. beautiful. Look at Yes, it's just beautiful. Look at the color schemes that you can bring in that give a look to that, uh, all of the different colors of the river rock. It's really beautiful. Or I know um, mulch is, is good, but I really there's so many different things that you can do. But, you know, if you have time, the, the problem is is that mosses, won't really won't grow but if you can put in have you seen um some of the short grasses you can plant in between now if you if you're handy with those and and you're in full sun there's lots of the they're very they grow short the name escapes me right now but i'll I'll think of it in a minute you can even incorporate Um, time different types of time yeah you can incorporate absolutely some of the herbs yes you can put herbs and and there's just lots of option it's, as long as it stays really low in between the rocks. I think that the thyme is an excellent suggestion as well as other herbs and some of the other options that you mentioned. You know, once again, color is also something that plays a huge role in the, in the design of this garden. Having said that, one of the other things that I think is important is if you are going to add one bench or multiple benches, you can also use the benches as a memorial. I've seen benches that were handmade, either carved or made with different types of stone, in which on the bricks there were names of people who were deceased and the stones were donated in their memory. So I think that's also a very nice element. Yes, absolutely. I I know... Uh, the American Rose Society does that, where they have uh, people donate benches in memory of, of loved ones. So it's a really nice touch. Susan, in regards to the flowers, what types of roses mm-hmm. can be incorporated? And also, what suggestions do you have as far as markers to identify what type of rose it is and how they relate to the devotion what would you recommend well i really i love the visual symbols of the mysteries and i think it's really important i i actually use an an engraved label that says what type of of rose it is and so the mysteries that surround jesus life i came up with a few rose names so um the mysteries were indi- indicative of uh, diff- um, by different colors, so luminous and glorious, sorrowful and joyful. So, I think it's really important that we tell the story of Jesus in these colors of roses. And and so, what I was thinking is for the color purple, you could use uh, Floribunda, like a love song, and I thought also keep in, in mind with the theme with uh, with 
the church and Jesus for glorious, one of the most beautiful yellow roses is St. Patrick. And for sorrowful, the color red. Of course, there's so many options, June, with red. You could just go through a list. But one rose in particular, it's the largest red of all. It's the size of a plate. And the name is Legends. But there's just so many so many options for a red rose. What are some of your other favorite red roses, Susan? Well, Miracle on the Hudson, I thought would be really great, but I chose Miracle on the Hudson for a specific reason, because that rose is one of the roses we talked about before June. It won Best Overall Rose at the Biltmore, and because it's completely carefree, and I wanted to be sure it's also one rose that if you have a garden like this, you want it to be carefree, you know, and even though if you put in some of the hybrid teas, if they're not carefree, then we don't want the garden to be, um, you know, where people have to spend too much time taking care of it. So I thought that might be a great rose to put in, and it flowers all the time. So, and I like the word miracle. So um, there's also another rose it's red and white and its name is love and you know how perfect is that you know don't you think that's a a beautiful uh, rose I thought that was perfect and then there are so many I actually bookmarked a page if you want roses in the name of Mary um, there's Mary Louise I mean there's literally 50 roses that you can choose all in the vein of Mary so, and they're from red to uh, magenta. So there's always those options. Are there any roses that just have the name Mary? I found a few, but not that many, actually. I'm really surprised. I mean, just there, there's some, but uh, not as many as you would think. I found more that are Mary Louise, Mary. I actually had Mary, Mary Louise because I had an aunt named Mary Louise, and it's a miniature. But... I thought you would really love that there is, this rose has won many, many awards, and it's Pope John Paul II for white, and that represents joyful. These are excellent choices for for this rose garden. I don't think we could come up with any better. Possibly, it's a little bit off-white, but I would choose heaven because it's... Uh, I always think of not only the Blessed Mother, but I think of, I always plant heaven in my garden because I think of my mother who's passed on. Who grows the rose called heaven? Because I think it's very important, especially for listeners that are not familiar with these roses. Where do they purchase these roses? Can they get, Do they get them from a catalog? Do they order them from the local nursery? Where can they source these roses? Are there specific destinations where you can order these types of roses from one particular company, or how does that work? Are there catalogs that offer these types of roses? You would probably have to buy, heaven, you'd have to buy it as a uh, bare root rose, and you'd have to search it and buy it online, because it's it was, oh, like an 80s. It's a William Warner, and I, I think he's deceased as a week's rose, so you'd probably have to, um, it was introduced, let me see, I'm just looking at it, in 1994, so it, it was quite a while ago, but you can still get it 
So I'm just saying you would have to order it there, but, but I mean, it's really a wonderful rose. It's worth it. I'm just saying you can search and find these roses. So Excellent. Yes. You know, you yeah, Heirloom, Jackson Perkins. I mean, you can, there's many sources online that you can find these roses, and uh, I found, you know, you can have great luck with them. Uh, Edmonds up in, um, I think they're in Washington, D.C., there's, you know, I've had great luck just uh, when you when you get them, be sure to put them in water immediately. And, uh, and you know, something people don't realize is that the Barewit Roses, when you get them, um, they don't ship. These uh, shippers of Barewit Roses, they ship, they know your zone, and they ship them when it's time for you to plant. So uh, you'll, yeah, no, they don't ship until your climate, it's ready for you to plant. So say you're in Minnesota and you're in, uh, you know, the frozen tundra. They're not going to ship that rose until it's time for you to plant your rose. So, like, they're they're going to ship in my 6B. So, um, but it's important for you to know you've got some responsibility too. You've got to uh, get that rose in the ground. You know, you need to get it in water and get it planted. And um, I don't think I've had any, I don't think I've lost a bare wet rose if, you know, doing what you're supposed to do. So. Well, thank you for sharing that because no, I think that's no. very important, especially since roses are not cheap. Plants are not cheap. In this day and age, if you want a really nice garden, it will cost you money unless you do have friends where they can give you some of their plants, and I, I think which is also nice if you can incorporate different elements from friends or even those have, that are deceased. Say if you have a friend or a loved one who has recently passed and you're able to dig up a plant specimen from their personal garden and bring that back into your garden. I think that's a really nice way to remember them, you know. Did you like the names of those, June? I mean, did they, if you were planting, would you, is that the sort of roses that you think would be good for the visual symbols? Yeah, sure. I think that's great. Susan, let's talk about prepping the area. Let's just mm-hmm. review the information. So before you begin, it's important to purchase your statue and also figure out the size and type of crucifix which will become the entrance to the garden. One thing to keep in mind, folks, is that you can always add to the existing plants and flowers. But as long as you have the basic elements in mind, and decide what that layout will be, you should be fine. In order to prep the area, do you have any suggestions, Susan, especially if you're going to incorporate different roses? You want your area to have six to eight hours of sun. And I think we've mentioned before, you can have four hours, but then your roses are just going to bloom a little bit less. And you want to clear that area. And I've often mentioned to people, be sure that you put some thought into it. Is this an area that's accessible? Is it an area that you really feel that you can um, are able to meditate in? Is it an area that you're going to really enjoy? Can you see it out your windows? You know, put some thought into it. Is this a place where you might want other people to be able to enjoy? Like, um, if this is a garden that you want to be a showy garden out front, you know, is, is, are you going to be distracted by traffic going by? So you really want to put some thought into it before you just 
put it in, you know. Um, so then clear the area. Be sure that you've got a clean slate and make sure that you've got everything that's needed for all of your elements that are symbolic, that it really is going to induce meditation and reflection. And make sure that you've got your, that you've got your statue, you know, lay it out. Just be sure that you lay it out first. Is it going to be accessible to water? You know, I mean, these little things, um, it might be a great place for the garden, but you're not going to be able to meditate if you realize that you're going to have to haul buckets of water. You know, the hose doesn't reach. You know, little things like that. If you're so tired because you've planned it way too far away or things like that. So make sure that it's, these things are, are important that you plan for every little detail. Thank you, Susan. I just want to say... Having Susan on the show is just such a joy for me. Susan has such great faith, and also just her love of roses is tremendous. So, Susan, thank you so much for being on the show today, and I also look forward to sharing even more of your beautiful photographs of the roses that you've grown with our listeners today in the companion article, which will be available on theorganicview.com, and I look forward to having you come back in the near future. Thank you for having me, June. It's just such a pleasure to talk about our faith together and and uh, share so everyone else can have a, a garden retreat, too. Thank you. You're very welcome. Folks, please visit Gaga's Garden, which is a wealth of information for those of you that are interested in either growing roses or if you need some advice. Susan is actually an award-winning consulting rosarian, so... She is always available to those that are looking for professional help. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 